was thinking for the uh, intro, we'll just do uh, Mastered MMA. Mastered <laughs> MMA. Mastered MMA. Mastered MMA. Yeah. And that'll be it. You should have just done that. <laughs> if I'm on it. Welcome everyone to another episode of Mustard MMA. Thank you very much for joining us. We do appreciate it. My name is Joe. I'm joined by Matthew, my co-host. We're here to chat all things UFC. We had a big one at the, at the weekend. Some cracking fights going on. Lots of heavyweights dashed, littered, littered all over the card, and and there were there were some good, actually good outcomes there. So we've got quite a lot to get into. Nice bit of news to get stuck into, and then another UFC card again this weekend. Fully back up and running uh, in 2021. The UFC. Before we do go on, Matthew, how are you doing? It's nice to see you. I've got a, a new webcam sorted, so we've got the, the video calls back up and running, which does make a difference. Hello, Geezer. How are we, sir? All I, good. I, I'm, I'm loving the, the 90s curtains style that you got going on. See, it's what I've been reduced to. No haircut for God knows how long now, about five years. So you've you got, you got to make do, haven't you? I'm taking it back to the 90s, my, my childhood. Well... You say that, the rules are April 12th, Joe. You'll be able to get a snip, head back down to the gym as well. What a big day that's going to be. Yeah, it's good, actually. I'm looking forward to getting in the gym. Obviously, I've bought, uh, bought some weights now. I've got a barbell, a squat rack, a bench. Pretty much all I need down. Then in the shed at the end, so I'm doing all right, but I'm looking forward to getting back in there. Just like, I'm looking forward to getting back anywhere, to be honest, Matthew, just to, to get out of the house. I went I went Tesco today, done a little shop in big Tesco, and even that was a bit of a thrill. <laughs> <laughs> ah, every little helps. Every little helps. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Eh? Exactly. Yeah. But are you going to be utilising the boxing gyms, the fight gyms? I know you got a bit of jujitsu background, Joe. Are you going to get back into it? I know just before the all this kicked off, you were starting boxing, and that uh, got paid, put paid to pretty quickly because of the pandemic. Do you mm. any plans to head back in there? I would like to. Yeah, I would like to. I do. I do get the urge to go and have a a role uh, again sometime, but. I don't know, I don't think there's tons around me, and it's not the best thing to say, but I don't know if I can be bothered to go and like do lessons as much. I quite like to just roll roll around and piss about and have some fun, but I don't know how much that's on offer near me, to be honest. So we'll wait and see. I was, I was enjoying the boxing. It was good to get into that, something different. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I guess it seems like everything's going to be on the cards at least, maybe smaller classes and stuff like that, which might actually be a good thing. I know when I was doing jiu-jitsu back in the day, I didn't mind the smaller class. I did quite like that. It had a quite a different vibe. So I am looking forward to it. I'm looking to, to do some, some bits when we can. So you've got yeah. hip fully on the mend now. So I guess you'll be looking to as well. Maybe we can check out even the old monster gym down your ways. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we might be a little bit more slow-paced, I think, this time, what yeah. with our uh, our hiatus from the old rolling mat. It'd be good to get back down there. Uh, someone who hasn't had a hiatus, though, is old big Derek Lewis. Black Beast. We saw that coming, didn't we? <laughs> yeah. Well, to be fair to us, we said he has got a chance, didn't we? He said he's got a chance at that knockout. We said he's got it early on. We said he's got it late as well. We've shown that in the past. But I mean, well, I mean, Curtis Blades, when you look at it, we thought he was going to wrestle, didn't we? And he didn't really do that particularly in the first round. But I did think he looked quite sharp, sharp Curtis Blades. I thought he looked good in the first round. I thought he was uh, obviously throwing a cat amongst the pigeons in a lot of ways with his plan that 
his game plan that he came out with. But I thought he'd done quite well. Lewis looked dangerous, looked like he was, as he always does, he's kind of just, he's waiting for that big opportunity, isn't he, to land a big shot. But in the end, <laughs> sort of the wrestling was was the undoing of Curtis Blades because it was sort of almost the one time, if you like, that he went for that that takedown. And Lewis Lewis countered it with the with the with the uppercut, and he he had kind of threatened it a few times when Blades himself had maybe threatened a takedown, like throwing a little shimmy. You'd seen Lewis throw it a couple of times, and he looked dangerous, but absolutely sparked him, didn't he? It was it kind of it just was flush on the chin almost, wasn't it? As as Blades he ducked his head down, it's a cracking win for Derek Lewis. It's what he's known for. I think he's shown he can at least defend a couple of takedowns, a couple of decent opportunities from probably the best wrestler in the division or at least the one who uses it the most and has, has got as high as he has got with it maybe discounting DC but he doesn't even he does, even he doesn't wrestle like Blades he does uh, as a default so cracking win for Lewis shows a lot I think even he himself afterwards said in terms of a title shot he ain't going to get one I think he pretty much said he ain't getting a title shot so he did call out Overeem I believe is kind of a, a mention and I think that'd be a cracking fight. No wrestling going on whatsoever in there. Probably a little bit of a, a gimme maybe to Derek Lewis. But what do you think? What are your thoughts on the fight? And where do you think he does go from here? Because as the as he admitted himself, top of the tree there with the with the belt, you've got Steve A, you've got Frankie, and you've got John Jones. So how do you see that one playing out? Well, I thought it was very impressive. First off, by Derek Lewis, he shut us all up. Well, <laughs> me in particular, I think you were a bit more... No, he's got a chance. He's definitely got a puncher's chance. We've seen it before. I was pretty adamant in that Blades, it was a foregone conclusion. And I thought, we, I thought we, I disagree with you a little bit. I thought uh, Blades looked a bit sloppy, but that was probably more in the wrestling department. It was a big turning point, wasn't there, when he went for that takedown, I don't know if it was in the first or the second round, and he didn't get it. And I think you see the momentum swing there in favour of Lewis from Blades. He's all, fuck, I'm going to have to stand up with Derek Lewis here. I can't get him down. Mm. I don't think anyone really saw coming. And, yeah, that was a, a devastating knockout, followed by a pretty disrespectful <laughs> yeah. but jokes celebration. If it is anyone else, we'll be saying, that's, that's disgraceful, what's he doing? Because it's Derek Lewis, you love him for it. It always, it, whenever I see it, it always kind of gets me 50-50, like you say there. Because it, it's very, di- I don't know, if, is it disrespectful? I don't know, maybe, but it's very unnecessary, to, to, to say the least. <laughs> and it is a laugh. But if that was me and you know, I had to watch it back, I'd be like, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> well, I'm not sure what Blaze has actually done. I don't know what he said in the build-up, but it certainly irked young Lewis. Yeah. That's cracky performance. I, I don't know why he's calling out Overing. We were talking about him calling out John Jones or whoever won this has to call out John Jones. He acknowledged John Jones. I thought he's going to do it. He's going to do it. He said John Jones's name and he basically said, yeah, I'm not buying any of them. Um, <laughs> and then just sacked off any sort, sort of call-out. I think that's a major missed opportunity, Joseph. I really do. I think Overeem doesn't really make much sense. Like you said, I think it is a bit of a gimme fight. It's a big name. But he's just lost not long ago. Yeah. Lewis needs to look ahead, not behind. He's already beaten the bloke who beat Overeem. So Lewis should be looking up. I think if he calls out John Jones, right? If he calls out John Jones and just goes in hard on him, I think with the popularity that Lewis has got, uh, the fandom he's got, his fan-friendly style, the fact that Steve Francis, that's going ahead, but that, that might need, a, need an immediate rematch. Someone might get injured or something, leaving John Jones alone. I think 
if the UFC can see how popular uh, Lewis is and how popular John Jones is, if he just stokes the fire a little bit, they would make that fight in a second. Um, I don't know why he didn't call him out. I'm a little bit annoyed about it, Joe. <laughs> and he should be uh, in that title picture now because he has that trump card that only Stipe has as well along with him, and that's a win over Francis and Garner. Yeah, I don't know. It's a strange one. I don't know what they're doing with John Jones. I don't know if they would make that fight, to be honest. I think I think with John Jones, if he, if he loses in a fight against a contender, I think it's all over, in a way. That that sort of the whole the whole thing, and I don't know if maybe they are just saving him, and perhaps he's taking his time as well. I think by by all accounts he is trying to put on a bit of weight. He's trying to actually become a heavyweight. So I, if I had to guess, I think they they're probably saving him for a winner of that. I think Francis is a big one, no matter what, in a way, and I think Stipe is a big one. But either one holding the title, I've got a feeling they're probably holding out John Jones for that, and. The way Derek Lewis kind of uh, reacted, maybe he knows something as well. Maybe he just gets the feeling that Overeem, someone like that, is a little bit more likely at the moment. Rosenstruck, Rosenstrike, but that would be a cracking fight. Some big hitters in there, or even Garnet if he were to win coming up. So I don't know. I think that top three there with Garnu, Steep A, and John Jones is tough for someone to crack into. I think you've got a real, you've got a lot of good options just on those three if you can kind of keep those secure for the moment. I think. I agree with you in from the UFC's point of view. Keep John Jones safe. Get, let these two battle it out, and he'll get the winner regardless. But I think what with Stipe's history of having long breaks between fights, anything could happen there. And you've got to think Stipe's likely to beat Ngannou. Is it fair to say? I know it's a bit of a stretch. We you know how dangerous Ngannou is, but say Stipe wins, he does have lengthy layoffs. So Jones is going to want to wait around forever. What the point is that Lewis should be able to sort of plant that seed. I mean, Dana said Jones is next in line. Dana says a lot, and he always goes back on it. And I think if Lewis can just sort of poke the bear a little bit, poke the bear, wind him up, he's got a gift of the gab for it. He's got the best Instagram in the game. He's got all them followers, and if he just pokes the bear on uh, John Jones just a little bit, just to irk him, he just may think, "Hold on a minute, I'm going to teach this Lewis a lesson before I go and fight for the title." If there's no options for him, say like the title's off the table for a year or something because of injuries and suspensions and stuff like that, Jones might have, have to fight someone, and this could be the perfect one. So we had a little trio of heavyweights on here, and there was, like I said, there was even more earlier on in the card as well. The Polar Bear, shout out the Polar Bear, an old favourite of ours. He picked up a win on the early prelims, but another one in the main card above our lad Aspinall is Chris Dalkus up against Alexi Lenyik. Obviously, Eleni, you know what his game plan is going to be, but Chris Dalkus looked very impressive. I did, I did think he looked very powerful, very quick, and pretty much dispatched of Alexi Eleni pretty, pretty comfortably, I'd say. Early doors, Eleni tried to get a little bit of grappling going, tried to sneak in a little Ezekiel. I did see in a little, a little attempt there, which we like to see. But Chris Dalkus, good win for him here. Obviously, Eleni kind of doesn't necessarily pose the toughest of tests, if we can put it. He certainly poses a very difficult one, but. For Chris Dalkus, what do you what do you make of him after that one? Does that kind of get you excited for potential matchups for him in the future? Yeah, absolutely. He dispatched him with ease. I thought Olenek did look very old, didn't he? I think he is very old. I think he's probably he, older he than is, his official he age. He's very old, and he looks it. But the odds suggested Dalkus was going to get a, a pretty comfortable win there. 
I think the odds, make, odds makers knew it. And it's brilliant matchmaking by the UFC, really. Everyone knows Hellenic. Everyone knows his history with the submissions and stuff like that and all his wins and fights. Dakus just put his name right into that hat for that new entries into the top 15, the new blood of the UFC heavyweight division. So, yeah, great win for him. And so they, the winner of that fight turned out to be Chris Dalgas, as, as we discussed, was called out previously earlier on in the evening by Tom Aspinall, who had a cracking win against Andre Arlovsky, probably his biggest test to date so far. Arlovsky, as you mentioned last week, the kind of the perennial gatekeeper, the kind of ultimate gatekeeper, if you will. And Aspinall done superbly, I thought. Obviously picked up submission win, which kind of came out of nowhere. Nobody really saw saw that coming, to be fair. And I thought it was a good performance. I thought it was a good performance. Like I say, he called out Chris Dalkus. There's some good matchups coming up. Looked good on the feet. Done well on the feet. Aspinall thought too quick. And I don't think... I mean, Alosky caught him a few times, didn't he? But I think there was almost an element that Tom Aspinall's kind of... He took a couple when he was like, you know, it feels okay. I feel like he, he probably felt like he could take a, take a few liberties, possibly. And I think he maybe even did that in his last fight as well. He took a few digs there. And after, after the fight, he said he wasn't, wasn't too happy with his performance, took too many shots. And I think he said something similar after this fight as well, to be honest. But I do think it was an improved performance on his last one. I mean, beating Arlovsky, it's going to... It's cracking, and that's going to kind of stay with him forever now. I think what is he like forty-two or something now, Olovsky. So it's caught him at a good time of his career. It's a good win, but I mean, like like we kind of discussed before in this heavyweight division, where does he go from here? Because now you're looking at probably top fifteen. Really, you're looking at some very very big, uh, experienced, talented fighters from here on out, and obviously Aspinall, by all accounts. He's got all those qualities as well. Six foot six, massive lad. What do you make of it? Submission, first of all. I think for where he's at in his career, I think it was a good performance, very good performance. Um, like you say, he's improved on his last one. It went a little bit longer as well, which was good for for him and for us fans to see what he's about. He didn't really slow down, which I thought yeah. would be a question mark, and he didn't. Uh, like I say, he did eat a few shots. I think he'll look at that and think, we don't want to do that too often, particularly with these heavyweights and the, the higher up we go in the ladder. But, like I say, it's at this stage of his career, it's a very good performance over a former world champion. So, that can't be sniffed at and it's a very good performance. The submission come out of out of nowhere, like you say. Uh, Arlovsky weren't hanging around with that tap, was he? <laughs> yeah. like, it was one of those ones, yeah. He was like, well, that's on, so tap. <laughs> <laughs> Touch me, he's like, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. And he was just out of there. You could tell, it, you could tell I think he just made a very basic mistake. Do you know I, mean? I don't know what, I'm not, don't particularly know what it was, I'm not an expert, but he kind of tapped and just went, ah, oh, fuck, like straight away. He, he kind of, he knew that he's, that's one of those ones where you just know a ball's up there and then that's it, you can't take it back, unfortunately. Yeah, uh, maybe there's the element of surprise, who knows? Yeah, but... could be. Show he's got that in his locker is pretty encouraging. I see with regards to his next fight, I see uh, the British MMA scene on Insta mentioned Greg Hardy as a, as a next potential opponent, which I quite liked actually. Um, I know we talk about sort of top tens, top fifteens, but I'm very wary in these spin divisions of pushing these young talents too quickly up the ladder, and then you're going to come across someone you shouldn't really be fighting too soon. And I think Greg Hardy is a good good way to build up his name. To be honest, I think it's a very, very favourable matchup. We all know Greg Hardy's issues, his gas tank and his ground game. Aspinall, like I said before, didn't slow up. His speed is second to none, and he's got a good ground game. 
So you think that's a winnable matchup pretty easily against someone who's got a very big name uh, for some reason in the USA. So it would build Aspinall's star across the pond. And let's be honest, if you beat Greg Hardy, you're going to gain fans, aren't you? Yeah, it's a good shout, actually. I did see that. I think it's a nice one. I think, I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if he's maybe leapfrogged that sort of level, to be honest. Aspinall. And I think it's tough. I don't think there's a lot you can do about it. I think once once you do get a few wins in that division and look good, like you say, you're just kind of on the road there, aren't you? He did pull out the Dalka Selenik winner. I think that's a decent fight. I think that's winnable as well. Daukas looks impressive. I think if he's called him out, then probably likely to, to do that. I think it was a pretty reasonable call out. I think uh, Daukas was a Lenny ranked 10. And then so I guess Daukas goes into 10. Aspinall then fights number 10. Probably makes sense. I, I do like the Greg Hardy fight. And if they were going to try and get what, another one in there before they go against the ranked opponents, I think that would be a good one. Because, yeah, like I say, it's pretty winnable. And it will do him no favours in terms of his popularity. So that is a good shout. Shout out the British MMA scene. Yeah, big things expected. We thought uh, last week we said he's potential to be the British heavyweight champion and he is on course. And we had some good other good fights on this card. It was pretty good because, to, to be honest, we were a little bit down on this card last week. And uh, do you know what? I think I'm going to nip that in the bud now. I don't think I'm going to get down on these cards anymore, Matthew, because I really enjoyed this one, to be honest. Prelims, main card, main event. I guess maybe we were looking at a main event and thinking, oh, it's going to be... Five rounds of wrestling, and it wasn't. It was a second round KO by uppercut, so that definitely makes a difference. But one fight I very much liked was Charles Rosa against Derek Minna. Derek Minna came up with a win, but this was basically a, it was like a combat jiu-jitsu fight for 15 minutes. Absolute top level. Charles Rosa is a black belt in jiu-jitsu, and Derek Minna is one of those next-level black belts, and he kind of had the upper hand. But uh, uh, Rosa was defending off his back, and there was constant transitions and advancing and reversals and stuff like that so that was a cracking fight Derek Minna picked up the win in the end which is a very good win for him also Phil Hawes shout out to him in the middleweight division he's going on an impressive little run of wins now and this one was a decision so that was good to show he's got that in his locker cracking uh, KO from John Castaneda up against Eddie Wineland Castaneda actually lost to Nathaniel Wood on his USC debut and they gave him Wineland up in his second fight he came through with a nice little KO win there on the feet Another one I liked as well on the prelims, Matthew, Julianne Erosa, with a flying knee KO of Nate Landwehr. This was only a, a one-round fight, but it was very good. Both men were rocked, actually. Landwehr had rocked Erosa just before this, and Erosa came back swinging, pushed him all the way back to the other end of the cage, and came through with a big flying knee to finish it there, and that was a cracker. And then early on in the prelims, I think this was the first fight on the prelims, uh, Casey O'Neill beat Shayna Dobson in the flyweight division and uh, she got a 6-0 record Casey O'Neill I think this was a debut I haven't seen her before but she absolutely smashed Shayna Dobson in this fight picking up the finish and she's Scottish born living in Australia I believe she's lived there for a while she must have been because she's got quite a funky little accent going on but looked very dangerous and uh, obviously if there's any link to the British Isles in there Matthew we're going to jump on board Oh, jumping all over it. Future <laughs> champion. That's it. Future champion there. Definitely, yeah. Future champ, 100%. All the way. Well, it sounds like you uh, very much enjoyed that card, Joe, and I shall hold you to it whenever you're going to get down on cards again. I'll say, do you remember that? Remind me, the yeah. Arlovsky Aspinall card. Just remember. All right, then. Shall we uh, get cracking with this week's news? <laughs> OK, 
Okay, so we're going to start off with one that has been targeted, young Matthew, and it is Mike Perry up against Daniel Rodriguez, targeted for April the 10th. And Mike Perry is a, is a great character. He's obviously got some things going on, but I think we, in a way, we all root for Mike Perry, don't we? So he's fighting kind of a, a more of a similar level of fighter now, I'd say, in, in opponents. Daniel Rodriguez this time. He beat um, Mickey Gall, was it, last time out? So I think he's kind of he's on a, at a rebuilding stage, but I do root for Mike Perry, and I'm hoping that he can, you know, turn things around a little bit because he's, he's, he's a fantastic fighter and he's very exciting to watch. Yeah, Daniel Rodriguez is a bit of an animal himself, so this one should be a bit, bit of a nice tear-up, but he's just captivating viewing Mike Perry, both in and out of the cage. There's something about him, you're drawn to him for good reasons and bad reasons, but you stop and watch nonetheless. So it'll be interesting to see, particularly who he's got in his corner as well. So did you see the a, a question that's raised. Did you see the video call that he did with Darren Till recently? That was funny. I saw bits and bobs of it. I saw bits and bobs. Always... Uh, it's good uh, luck. Top dollar them too. <laughs> a great pairing. You would never have seen it coming, but fantastic. And obviously, we had the news recently that Ryan Hall's out of his fight against Dan Ige, which we were upset about. about. But Gavin Tucker has been given the opportunity there for the card on March the 13th. And he obviously looked very impressive in his last fight. He's a he's just a, a ball of, of violence, really. Gavin Tucker originally coming out of Canada. So that's one I'm looking forward to. And another one, Matthew, actually, that a name we haven't seen for a little while since his defeat to Kevin Lee. It was a very memorable defeat as well, wasn't it? Gregor Gillespie. We were we were very high on him. I know I was, certainly, at least. I thought I was expecting big things. His wrestling game was just overwhelming. Obviously, Kevin Lee didn't really allow him a chance to, to show that and, and dispatched of him, didn't he? But nevertheless, one defeat doesn't, doesn't define someone, so we're not going to throw him in the bin just like that. He's got a, a, a winnable match, I would say, up against Brad Rydell. On March the 20th, so a couple of good ones there. Yeah, it was a dev- devastating knockout, wasn't it? Up in, uh, in New York, it was pretty scary, to tell you the truth. And I'm glad he's taken, what, 15 months off? A lot of time. Something like that. Long old time, but he needed in a, in a knockout like that. And to round out his game a little bit, he was on the cusp. I think he might have even been 15 down into that to that fight with Kevin Lee. He was certainly on the cusp of the top 15. So hopefully he's rebuilt. Uh, his skill set, and I'm really looking forward to seeing him come back, actually. Like you, Joe, I know you were very, very high on him. You see him as a future champion. I'm, I'm sure he's still got them abilities. Um, but sometimes this happens, a setback, and you, you rebuild again, and hopefully he's learned from it. Looking forward to it. And Jack Shaw's got a fight as well? Yeah, don't know too much about, uh, was it Hunter Azur? Great name, yeah. Hunter Azur, yeah. Uh, always, like we say, we're going to jump on the UK uh, fighters, but I think uh, Jack Shaw is a very, very talented prospect. An overwhelming bantamweight, huge, and just well-rounded. So, like I said, I don't know much about Hunter Azur, but I would fully expect Shaw to get a win, in my expert opinion. <laughs> but the biggest news this week is following the withdrawal of Hamzat Chimaev in his fight against Leon Edwards. Leon Edwards, he wanted to fight, didn't he, no matter what. He was like, look, I've done, I've put all this work in, I've waited this long, I still want to fight. And Bilal Mohamed, having only got a win, what was it, a week or two ago now, he's stepping in to face Leon Edwards. And it's a strange one, this, really, because you look at Bilal Mohamed and you think, oh, perhaps my instinct was to think that, well, he's not on Leon Edwards' level, really. But they got the exact same record, I do believe. I think, what was it, 16-3, and three, something like that. And sure, Edwards, I would say, he's probably beaten a better quality of opponent, a, a, a bigger name, in his last few fights, at least, uh, compared to Mohamed. But, as it's the dust has settled a little bit and it's settled in, 
I'm starting to think of this as a much tougher fight. Obviously, Mohammed is his game, isn't he? He stepped up to this. He asked for it. He wants it. Uh, like I say, but despite instinctively thinking that he's lost a few more fights from memory, I believe he has only lost three ever in his entire career, Bilal Mohammed. So remember the name, Bilal Mohammed. I think he's got a real opportunity to do that. Here. I, I think this is. I'm agreeing with you completely here, Joe. I think it's a very, very tough matchup. And I think it's a bit of a lose-lose for Leon Edwards. All he's really getting out of it, I think, is the fact he's getting some ring time for yeah. a potential bigger name thereafter. Yes, Chimiev weren't ranked, but he's well-known. Everyone really seems to know him. Um, he's this wrecking ball who's come out of nowhere, and he's going to go all the way and stuff like that. But Al Mohamed is not that well-known. And I think for Edwards to get anything out of this, he has to dispatch of him quickly and impressively and violently. And like you say... That don't happen often, if at all. So I think he's going to find it very tricky to sort of come out the other end of this with a strong case to be next in line for the champion. Or to put it another way, I think he's going to find. I think it's unlikely that he's going to come out the end of it with everyone clamouring for him to be the next in line for the title shot. So I think Bilal Mohammed's got that style. It's a grinding style, frustrate you, get in your face. It could work against him that he fought not long ago. I think he took a few digs to the calf and stuff like that. But on the other hand, he's been way more active than Edwards, so that could work against Edwards in that. So it's very, very difficult for, to see how this one's going to go. I think as a Brit, you want to see Edwards get the win and you want to see him get it uh, done impressively. But I think he's going to have a tricky, tricky time here because I think with the fans, they're going to look at it. They don't know Bilal Mohammed is. If Edwards gets a hard-fought decision victory over someone who's got a number 13 next to their name, People are going to look at that thinking, you've only just beat number 13 without knowing how good Bilal Mohammed actually is. They're not going to be clamoring to see him next in line for a title shot. So I think it's a very tough ask for him, a challenge I think he's going to expect to rise to. I think he'd have full confidence that he can put Mohammed out of there and fair play for him, fair play to him for taking that fight. But I think it's a tricky one. I think a lot of people are writing off Mohammed pretty quickly there and... I don't know. I, th- I think it's, it's a tough ask for Edwards. It is a tough ask, isn't it? And I do agree. That it's it's it, the the reward there for what, what you get for beating an, someone ranked 13 isn't great. I just wonder with all this talk of the Masvidal fight and that, if against Usman, seems kind of likely, doesn't it, at this stage? I just wonder if Edwards is like, well, sod it for the moment. It's just fights, isn't it? Fights on fights on fights. Mm. Uh, perhaps you're looking at obviously I guess there must be you must hear some rumblings as a fighter and maybe there's talk about Usman and Masvidal doing tough God knows how long that goes on for Edwards hasn't fought for so long himself maybe it's just he's looked at it and he's thought well do you know what if I'd have beaten Hamzat would I have got the title shot next anyway and I guess maybe that might not have happened now with everything that's going on so it's a tough one but, you know, all he can do is beat the man that's put in front of him, Carney Edwards. And if he does go out there and smash him first round, uh, yeah, you're absolutely bang on. It can it can do him no harm, at least, in terms of maybe getting himself in there above Masvidal, which will be tough to do, I think. Well, I think there's a big factor we're missing here that he hasn't fought for, what, a year and a half? And he needs to get some money, probably. Probably, he needs to get paid. yeah. That's- this is his job at the end of the day. He can't delay and delay and delay any longer. So he's got to fight. He's got to fight someone. He wants to fight anyone. He's a competitor. Uh, it just worries me the trend of late 
has been these these lads who are low teens in the rankings fighting these higher top firefighters in the rankings and yeah. beating them. We've seen it. Uh, Jack Hermanson lose his spot to Vittori uh, Holland over Jack Array. But Lama Hammond's going to be licking his lips at that. It's a win-win for him. If he, if he wins, happy days. He's a top fourer. Lose? Oh, it's meant to lose. So what, what can you do, man? It's, it's, one, it's a brilliant fight, engaging fight. I can't wait for it. It's a main event. And I think it... I think it's Bill Edwards and Mohammed's name um, concurrently. So, yeah, looking forward to that. Didn't see it coming, though. And that wraps up our news for this week. Matthew, a good card we've got coming up this weekend, particularly when you look at the main event. It doesn't get much more exciting than this, to be completely honest with you. We have got our old favourite. We just mentioned him, Jairzinho Rosenstrike. Looking to bounce back. Was it Francis? Was his last fight? And obviously suffered a defeat there. Early doors? Or has he had one in between? He's beaten Young Junior. Of course. Junior DS. Of course. Of course, yeah. I would say perhaps, perhaps, at Young JDS's uh, stage of his career, this might be a tougher matchup this week for Jairzinho. Up against Cyril Garn, who's obviously a little bit unproven. He's only had a few fights in the UFC himself, but he's looked like a bit of a wrecking machine and to be honest, he doesn't really look like one of those that he's, he's, he's a one-trick pony by any means. He looks like he does have a good, high-quality game, and he looks like he's come to the UFC ready to go. So this is a cracking fight. Obviously, Rosen Strike, I believe he's number four in the rankings, something like that, looking to really get his way up to that, that title shot. In a similar, similar vein to Derek Lewis, you look, look at Rosen Strike, is he likely to get a title shot soon? Perhaps not, but... You never know. It, it can all depend on how our fights go down. We've seen one punch change trajectories before. But I'm digressing a little bit there. We've got a good fight this weekend. Rosenstrike up against Garney. Like I say, I do, I do, I do like Rosenstrike, and I do think he's got a lot of talent. I think he could very well be the champ. I think he's got things to work on definitely. But I've, I'm kind of impressed with Garney as well, and I like his story. And I'm, I'm quite warming to him as a character as well. So most of all, I'm. Uh, this fight could be anything you want it to be, really, couldn't it? In terms of, presumably, I know I know we got the main event massively wrong last week, but presumably this is going to be a big stand-up battle and it could be the likes of which you've never seen. Just looking at Garnet's record as well, he beat JDS last time out as well, so poor old Junior. <laughs> yeah. Poor old Junior. Jesus. Oh. He's still ranked and all, so poor bastard. <laughs> He's going to have to place another one soon. But, I, you said it there, Cyril Garn. I think he's got that ground game that he could utilise. It seems to me to be the, the sensible route to victory, unless you want to prove a point and beat a kickboxer like Jarzinho standing. But to me, it seems like he ha- does has a few uh, submissions, if he can get it to the ground. Some some Larry submissions at that as well. I think he's lacking a little bit in experience, but he's only 7 or 8 and oh. Um but I think for me that the path to victory for Cyril would be get it to the ground. And I think you'd probably expose uh, Jarzinho a little bit there and get it done. But the problem is getting him there in the first place, I suppose. So See, I'm trying to think. A... I'm, not sure yeah. if I've, I've, I'm not sure if I've ever seen him on the ground, to be honest. But maybe no one's ever tried. But I think this is the sort of... You mentioned it before. You've got the top three, Stipe, Jonesy and... Uh, Frankie. Francis. Franny. And then you've got... Your Lewis's, your Volkovs, and the winner of this is kind of sort of creeping into that sort of sec- second band who are fighting to get into that top three. 
the Europa spots. Yeah, you will. That's it. So the, the winner of this, it's a huge fight. I, you'd think the winner of this is probably facing Lewis or Volkov next, um, judging by the rankings and the trajectory that uh, so. them two fighters are on themselves. It's a huge fight. It really is a huge fight. Uh, Jozinho obviously was on quite a run before that Francis knockout, but that Francis knockout for me was just whoever landed there yeah. was out. It was a bit of a a difficult one to dissect too much from. Francis just went in there swinging as he does, and, and he landed as he always does. So, Garnet seems a little bit more technical. I think uh, Jozinho's technical as well. So I'm hoping for a nice stand-up battle, and I'd like to see. I don't, I don't mind who wins, mm. but uh, I've got. I think Garnet's probably got the the better rounded game to go on further in the division for me. Yeah, it's a tough one. It's t- I'm, like, I'm like with you. I'm on the fence, really. Whatever happens, I'll be pretty happy. I'm just hoping for a good fight. And even if it is one where Garnet takes him down, that's still interesting, isn't it? So it'd be good to see that one. But even the co-main event area, I'm looking at this, and this is a fantastic fight. You've got Nikita Krilov, beat Johnny Walks last time out, up against Magomed Ankalaev. He's obviously got got over that kind of uh, tussle with Iwan Kutsalaba that he was going through. I mean, I think he's only ever lost once before Ankalaev. He could be a real menace in this light heavyweight division. I think his, his, his career somewhat stalled a little bit just because of everything that went on. He hasn't quite been able to put together the run of fights that I think he would like to, but I think he's going to be a real menace in that division, Ankalaev. He looks like a very kind of a cerebral fighter, if you like, with all the kind of physical and technical capabilities as well. So up against Nikita Krilov, who is very dangerous, uh, like most people are in that division. This, again, coupled up with that main event, this is going to be a cracker. Yeah, another another big important fight in the lightweight division. A couple of big Europeans, the European heavy light heavyweights, so we love all that. And I know you're a big Ankalaev fan. You love the Kutalaba Ankalaev beef, didn't you, last year? That was one of your highlights. It was. And Ankalaev, his only loss is that Paul Craig yeah. four minutes, 59 seconds of the third round where you had a piss and missed it. <laughs> so that was his only loss, and that was a dominant loss, if that's what you can call it. So he's got all the tools. I think he could put it together. Krilov is a crafty veteran, particularly with his subs. It's an intriguing matchup. I think Ankala could probably be a bit too uh, savvy uh, to get it done there. I think he's learned from those sneaky submissions in that Paul Craig one in particular. And I think he, I like the way you put that, Joe, menace. I think he could be a menace <laughs> to society. I think he can. But we've got some other cracking cards on here. Another bloke who's a little bit of a menace. Jimmy Rivera against Pedro Munoz. Obviously, we got into that last week, and I, I don't really know what happened to you, but it's ended up on this card this week. I had no idea. I, no. I found out on the morning. I was like, it's, it lost about three fights, so it probably just got lost. Um, it's just yeah, forgot. no idea what happened there. <laughs> got to be COVID. Got to be. Yeah, yeah, not sure. As I say, it's been turned around pretty quick, which I'm happy about, so we can't complain. We've got Angela Hill up against Ashley Yoda. Angela Hill looking about back, bounce back, even. That's going, to be a, that's going to be a decent fight, actually. I do like Angela Hill. She's a good character on Twitter and stuff like that. So she's a good laugh. Alexander Hernandez, who always showed all the promise in the world back a day. He's on the comeback trail again. Kind of uh, rebuilt his career a little bit, so I'm excited to see him. And again, the catchweight this week is actually Rowney Barcelos. Uh, I believe he's only lost once. He might even be unbeaten, but uh, that's a good fight. He's kind of put five wins together down in the UFC. I think he's won 5-0, and so... That's a good fight. Lots of cracking, uh, cracking fights and some good names on this card actually this weekend. This is going to be a top, top card, I would expect. That good as it is, but to throw on Jimmy Rivera and Pedro Munoz, you've got like yeah, three yeah. pretty important fights in their respective divisions on that main card. I think it's going to be fun. all three of them are fireworks. 
like you say, I think Angela Hill was always exciting. I think she perhaps got a little bit hard done by in that main event she was in not too long ago as well. I think it's exciting. And then you throw on the, the youngsters or the up-and-comers who are on the undercard as well. We always, always seem to deliver in these cards where you don't really know the name so much, but you, you soon do um, after the event has been. So I'm excited for it. Very, very excited. And it's a lovely little appetizer for the pay-per-view the week after. Yeah, I reckon I was just looking here. If you look at the Rosenstrike Garnet fight, Krilov Ankalaev, Munoz Rivera, have a little treble on all of those to go less than one round. That's got to be a decent little shout there, I would have thought. Oh, oh what price are you giving me? I'm not sure about the bantamweights. What, Munoz Rivera? Going less than one round? Yeah. Hands uh, of, no, of, not... of Steel Munoz. I don't think that's his nickname. I think you'll find I said anvils in his name. Yeah, yeah, I said anvils, yeah. I got the end part right. Listen, they're all menaces. Anything can happen there. He does get hit quite a lot, Munoz, so I can see Rivera potentially getting a win there. So yeah, definitely. I might change my pick a little bit. So It's an exciting fight card, isn't it? Particularly when you're topped up by heavyweights, you're unlikely to go the full distance. Look at Jozinho did to Overeem. Like, last second of the last round. Yeah. Blinking, you miss it with these heavyweights, particularly strikers of that nature. So I'm excited for it, man. No, definitely. But that about wraps us up. We have been Mustard MMA. Thank you very much for listening. A couple Mustard fights coming up this weekend. So hope you enjoy them. Uh, check us out on social media, Twitter, Mustard MMA, Instagram, at the Mustard MMA. And also we've got a website, mustardmma.com. Obviously, we've done well to secure all those uh, URLs and whatnot. Uh, but we've got a couple of blog posts on there. We're starting to build that up as well. Matt's uh, at some point in the next few months going to post one, so that'll be good. And then, uh, yeah, other than that, nothing much more to say. Yeah, I'll, I'll be out with that six months. I'll get one up there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, all right. Well, thanks very much for listening. We'll catch you next time. Laters. Farewell. Yeah,